Mazir Dav Mem Hayamud Aleph, Eager, the Fuel of Service, Tiglachat Tahara Al Hashlamim. And we uh, deal with the fact that, that ego, although it gets a negative rap always, we talk about ego as the Yetzirah and all of that, it has an important part to play in, a, in the way we serve Hashem, in Avodah Hashem. And in fact, not only in Avodah Hashem is it important, it's important in the service of anyone or anything. There is a, there is a role for ego to play. And in, in today's Matman, we learn what that role really is, and it's a, a fascinating role. Uh, the Psugia is based on three Psukim. The Posuk in Parshas Nassau, the Vigilach HaNazir Petach Ohel Moed at Rosh Nizro. At the end of the period of Nazirut, the Nazir must shave his head. The Torah says, at the opening of the Ohel Moed. We'll see in the Gemara, it doesn't mean that literally. And it's a, the Torah says, this is not, not just in the Gemara, the Torah says, and he takes his hair and burns it under the pot in which the shlamim are being cooked. The korban shlamim can be eaten both by the koranim and the owners. So the korban shlamim, after the dam was, the, was brought on, the blood was thrown on the mizbeach, the meat itself was co- cooked at, at the Beis Amikdash. And there were these big cooking pots where it would be cooked and there was a fire under it, which is not mizbeach, it's just a regular fire. There was a part in the Beis Amikdash where the, that used to take place and he used to th- add his hair to the fire of the korban shlamim. Then we have another posuk about the korban tomid, which we say every morning. Again, the words petach oel moed, the shech the korban tomid, and then the koanim then sprinkle the blood around the korban, around the mizbech. And then the third posuk is from Parshas Yitro, don't make a staircase up the base, the, the mizbech. The Kohanim should walk up a ramp and not up the stairs so that there should be no exposure of, uh, of nakedness on the steps of the, of the, uh, of the Kohanim, of the, of the Mizbech. Says the Mishnah, How does the shaving of Tara take place? Because there can be two shavings. There are cases where Anozi has to shave not because he's a Torah, but because he became Tameh, then he has to shave and, 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 and carry on, start again. Um, but here we're talking about Tiglachat Atara, the, the shaving that takes place after the completion of his Nazirut. He has to bring three animals for sacrifices, as we've learned, a chatat, an olam, and he shechts the korban shlomim. And, he, and then in the presence of the shlomim, after shechting the shlomim, he does the, the, the haircut, he, he shaves his head. It's clear that he should make his, the, the, the shaving should take place after the first korban is shechted. And normally the first korban would be a chatat. Um, and, and therefore Rabbi Yelazar has a different order of things. Says the Gemara, This which it says, doesn't mean he stands at the entrance and in front of the entrance looking towards the Kodshi HaKadoshi and that's where he shaved himself. That's not what it means. The, the phrase, Petach Olmoed, is the same one used by the Korban is the Torah talking about that he must really stand at the entrance of the oil moed? Or is the Torah using petach oil moed as an indication of the korban shlomim, which as we saw is also uses the word petach oil moed. So it's a phrase that's used 
to link it to the Korban Shlomim. Uh, if you would say he has to shave his head in front of the, of the Kodshe Kadoshim, that would be uh, not the way to treat the Kodshe Kadoshim. We have to be sensitive not only to the honor of Hashem and the honor of other human beings, we have to be sensitive to the honor of, of space and time. We have Kedushat Shabbat, Kedushat Yom Tov, we have the honor of time. We have the Kedushat Beis Hamikdash, the honor of a space, of a Beis Hamikdash. And to have a haircut in the base of Mikdash, that wouldn't be COVID. That should, that's not something which should be allowed. Uh, the Kohen is not even allowed to wear, walk fully dressed up the steps of the, to, to the Mizbeach because that's considered Derech Bizayon. It's not, it's not honorable. How much more so to shave his head in front of the Besamitas? That would be absurd. It wouldn't be allowed. And therefore, Divir Rabbi Yoshai, clearly Petach Olmoed doesn't mean Petach Olmoed. It means together with the Shlomim. I've changed the wording of the Gemara a little bit according to the Gears of the Vilna Gorn. Otherwise, it's very difficult to, to read it. Tanu Rabbonin. So it says, says Rashi, an important Rashi. Um, the only Korban where we see the words Petach is with the Shlomim. And here Rashi adds two words, we don't, the words we don't find it. I didn't see it in any other Rishon, neither here nor in the Sugi in, 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 in Zvochim. He adds, Bishvil Shehen Doron, because the Shlomim is a gift. Now, what that's going to do with it, we'll see. You have to bring the Shlomim at, the t- at a time that the Beis HaMikdash is open, that the gates are open. From here you learn that if you shech the Korban Shlomim, you bring a gift, you bring a Korban Shlomim to the Beis HaMikdash, and you shech it before the gates of the, of the Beis HaMikdash are open, that's then your Korban is possible. It needs to be, the gates need to be open. So it's a timing thing rather than a place. It's not that you have to do it in front of the Kodshi Kadoshim. You have to do it when there is visibility. When the gates are open, uh, because, says Rashi, and we know that Rashi is the Mefarish here, it's not Rashi, but Bishvil Shehen Doron, because this is a gift. Shlomim is a gift, and we have to understand what that means that Shlomim is a gift. The Rambam goes through in Periches and summarizes all the halachot of of Tiglachat, and then he says, "Umavashel ashlamin or sholkan, you cook the shlomim, velokeach min arotev, and you take from the gravy of the shlomim, shelzivche ashlamin venotein al asar, and you plaster it on the hair of the nozir, vacharkach mashlicho leish tachat dud ashlamim, and then you throw the hair into the uh, into the fire under the shlomim. Very strange halacha." And then he adds at the end of Allah Gimel, the doors of the of the Beis Hamikdash must be open. Not that he has to shave in front of the Beis Hamikdash, that would be Bizoyan, but he has to shave at a time that the gates are opening, as Rashi said, because it's a Doron. What does that really mean? And there is the most unbelievable piece of Sefer Achinuch on this mitzvah, on mitzvah's Gidul Sa'ar Nozir. And, and let's see if we have time to do it all because it's just so foundational. That's the Sefer Achinuch, and as I said to you, we, although we don't know exactly who he is, we know why he wrote it. Because he writes in an Igeret, he writes a letter at the beginning of the Sefer, he publishes at the beginning of the Sefer, why he wrote it. And he wrote the Sefer Achinuch to give children something to do on Shabbos. He makes it really clear, right? It seems as if he wrote it for his own children, but he writes there not just for his own, for everybody, because the children have got nothing to do on Shabbos, and this way they can 
you learn all the halachot of every parsha and the, the reason for the halachot and it's meaningful. That's what he wrote the Sefer Achinuch for, which is interesting that uh, already in his time they had a problem with what do children do on Shabbos. So you could say, well, they can play ball on Shabbos. That's what children do in, in many parts of the world on Shabbos. So you wouldn't hear of such a thing. That's not what a child should be doing on Shabbos. So make, the, make Torah nice for them. Make it in a way that the child can enjoy it and find meaningful in it. And so he wrote, writes this whole Sefer Achinah. And this, on the question of, um, of, of Nazirus, it's here that he gives the whole philosophy of Nazirus. And with his philosophy of Nazirus is his philosophy of Torah, of life. It's unbelievable. So let, let's run through it as much as, as much as we can. I've already written in the beginning. Since in the world there is such a creature who is a synthesis of physicality and intellect, it should be that such a person doesn't give up any opportunity to grasp whatever he can of, of Hashem. And it's clear that were it not for this, that Hashem wanted our intellect to reside in a physical body, we would, have to, we would be expected to live like angels, totally engrossed in the knowledge of the Torah and of Hashem. That's what we would have been expected. But since we've been put into physical beings, since we've been put in this, in this body, in this housing, we have to attend to our housing. You can't ignore the housing. Hashem puts us in a body. You've got to take care of the body. Hashem gives you a physical life. You've got to take care of your physical life. Hashem gives you material needs. You've got to take care of your material needs. That's part of the design of the human being. Because a house won't, won't last if the owner isn't taking care of it. And this is the intention of the creation of man. Whatever you can focus to Hashem, whatever you can take away from your physical being and, and focus on Hashem, so much the better. You can't ignore the physical, but whatever you can dedicate exclusively with full focus to Hashem, so much the better. But be careful not to ignore the, the housing and to let it become destroyed. You've got to take care of your business, you've got to take care of your home, you've got to take care of your garden, you've got to take care of all the things that you've got to live in so that they're, so that they're good. Because ignoring your body and your home and your income, and that, that is ignoring what Hashem wants you to be doing. Like Rabbi Yossi says, you're not allowed to have too much fasting. The Rabbi Yossi explains because it says that the human being will be a nefesh chaya amra Torah neshama shenatati bachecheya. This neshama which I've put into your body, give it life, give it vitality, take care of it, nourish it. Don't be too much of a tzaddik and ignore your physical needs. You need to take care of your physical needs. 
This is what the Nazi is all about. By setting aside his physicality in a way which doesn't totally ignore his needs. What's he doing? He's not drinking wine and he's not and he's growing his hair. That's all. But he carries on in his business. He carries on with his life, with his work. But just as as we learned that a day or two ago, by not drinking wine and by growing his hair, he limits his social interaction, but not his humanity. He still operates as a human being. He lives a normal human life. It's just his social interaction that he diminishes. This way, he gets the benefit of diminishing ego, the Yetzahara, without destroying the house. In such a man, the intention of the Bria is fulfilled. Without a dilution of focus on Hashem because of one's physical responsibilities. The Nazir gets the balance right. And the proof that this is what Gidul Asar is for, you remember we learned a, a few days ago the uh, Arya Yehuda of, of Modena's comment about hair and that that represents ego and, and, and the luxury, the unnecessary luxuries, and his beautiful comment. Uh, so here also you've got the, the, the whole principle of the Chinuch here is that the hair represents the Yetzir. Um, and the, the proof is from the famous story that we've had a few times in the Dorim and in Nozir, to Rabbi Shimon Atzadik, who says, Only once he ate from an Hashem Nazir Tamei, and he tells the story of the young man who saw his image in the reflection, and he was shocked by how beautiful he was. His Yetzirah was beginning to attack him. It was, his ego came to the surface, and so he became a Nozir. So you see that shaving the hair, this whole process of the hair is part of it. So he's told to just let his hair grow, not to, not to perm his hair and, and take care of his hair during the time of Nazirut. So you, his image is being abandoned a little bit, and then at the end of it, he, he shaves it. And he's not allowed to fix his hair afterwards, he's going to take it all off. Because growing your hair wildly or shaving it all off are both not good for the image of a person. A person wants his image, he wants to look good, so his hair needs to be the right kind of length and needs to be put together correctly. But the nozzle first grows it and then shaves it all off. Um, and therefore... And then he goes and he says, and why does he bring a korban chatat afterwards? Perhaps he went a little too far. And and perhaps he's the kind of person who shouldn't have become a nozri because he needs his physical image. He's not on the level of kudusha yet to be able to do that. And he's going too far in his tzidkus. And for that, he has to bring a korban chatat. And then he brings the Ramban and says another reason why he has to bring a Korban Chatat because having been on such a high level, he now re-enters the ordinary world and involves himself socially with the rest of the world. For that he has to bring a Korban Chatat as well because he's lowering his level of, of Kedusha. So what, what do we see here? And here we're going to come to the essence of how, how, the, how the ego works in Avodat Hashem. So we see that the, the hair represents the ego. What does he have to do? The nausea is setting aside his ego for, the, for this period. But what does he do with it? 
At the end of the period, yes, he sets it aside. He cuts his hair, but he doesn't let the barber sweep it out with everybody else's hair. He collects the hair carefully and he brings it in. It's in the Beis Hamikdash. The whole haircut takes place in the Beis Hamikdash. And he takes his hair and he puts it under the Shlomim. What does that mean? It's not on the Mizbeach. It's, so he's not sacrificing his hair. He's sacrificing the Shlomim. What is the Shlomim? Said Rashi Adoron. It's a gift to God. What am I gifting to God with a korban shlomim? The other korbanim are chiyuvim. You're obligated to bring a shlomim. is voluntary. So it's a gift. What am I gifting? The idea, as we know in korbanas, is I'm gifting my physicality. I'm taking my body. I'm taking my everything physical about me, and I'm gifting that to Hashem. I'm dedicating myself to Hashem. That's a korban. Now, what's the putting the hair on the fire? That fuels the korban. That fuels the gift. So what do we see here? The role of the ego is to fuel the service of Hashem. The Korban Shlomim is serving Hashem. I'm serving Hashem by giving myself over to Hashem. That's what service is. You serve your country by giving yourself over to the country. You serve another human being by giving yourself over to them. Um, you serve your wife or you serve your husband by giving yourself over to them. You, you, you serve your customer by giving yourself over to them. That's what service is, is giving yourself over, giving your energies and your attention over to somebody or something else. That's what service is. So what do you do with your ego? You fuel your service with your ego. How do you do that? By burning it. You do that by holding your ego back. There's nothing more amazing. I've told you once before that American Express once did a survey and found all the different things that give us pleasure. And the thing that gave us most pleasure was not receiving good service, but giving good service, receiving good service was also very pleasure. But even giving good service is one of the most pleasurable things a human being does in his life. So to take one's ego and submit it, hold it back while I'm putting you first, creates the most unbelievable feeling in the other human being. Sometimes you get service, but you know you're only getting service because they want your money. But sometimes you get service and you feel the person has put, the, that's called a servant, the person has put themselves at your service. They've dedicated yourself to their service. They've put their ego second. That's the idea of putting the hair into the fire that fuels the shlomim. The shlomim is my service of Hashem. Taking my ego and burning it, so to say, as I do that, while I'm doing that, the force of holding your ego back elevates the quality of service to something that isn't possible if there's some ego involved in it as well. So we don't just put the ego aside, we actually burn it up in the act of service so that our dedication to that which we're serving, in this case Hashem, or to any service, one's country, one's customer, one's husband, one's wife, any service, to burn your ego at the moment of serving so that the serving is free of ego, it's actually fueled by the act of burning. The act of burning the ego makes the service higher and improves the quality and the experience of the service. 